We're so happy to have you all with us. You may be seated. And we are at Girl Talk. And I love Girl Talk. I love times for us gals just to uh, gather together, worship the Lord together. There's something beautiful about it. And because as you know, women have uh, the busiest jobs because we're not just doing what we have to do, but we're taking care of others while they do what they have to do. And that's challenging, isn't it? Because that means that old saying is really true, women's work is never done. And that is, that is just the way it is. And tonight we're talking about living the high life, living the high life in Jesus Christ. And, uh, you know, we can set a pattern for our lives that takes us down the road and you know, sometimes we don't realize that maybe the pattern we have set is not the best pattern. But we're going to look at the word tonight, and I believe we're going to get revelation on how we can live life at a higher level in Jesus Christ. And we can be more blessed and more of a blessing than ever before. And I don't know about you, but even where I am in my life at my age, I don't want to just stay where I am. I want to live life at a higher level. In Jesus Christ and you know the Word of God calls him the Most High God and if he's the Most High and I'm walking with him then I can walk step up and walk through life at a higher level in Jesus Christ well we're gonna live this life that's truly life and we're gonna live life at a higher level say I can live life, can live life at, a at a higher level and what does that mean we need to do? Well, it means that, first of all, I need to stop settling for living life any old way. So I'm going to stop settling and stop living life any old way. And we can start living the high life in Jesus Christ. And there's a scripture, there's a verse, a couple of verses of scripture in the Bible, one verse, and uh, we call it the dividing line of the Bible. Because you can take this one verse of scripture that Jesus spoke himself out of the words of his mouth, and you can basically use this one verse of scripture to judge every decision, every thought, every attitude, every action that you take going forward in life. So that word is found in John 10.10, 10, and it says, the thief does not come except to steal, and to kill and to destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. So it tells us about the thief. The Bible also calls him Beelzebub. The Bible also calls him Satan. The Bible also calls him the deceiver. The Bible also calls him the devil. But here in this verse, Jesus calls him the thief. Because what, is he, what does he do? He doesn't do anything except steal and kill and destroy. But Jesus, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, has come to give us life, but not just life any old way. Not just life like as it comes, but life more abundantly. He's come to give us life more abundantly. I don't know. How many times I've used this one verse of scripture to make decisions? Because if it's stealing, if it's killing, if it's destroying, it's not God, it's Satan. But if it's life and more abundantly, life more abundantly, it's a blessing, then I know it's the Lord. 
So that's what we can do in our walk with God. It's not our passage, but it's just our intro. But never forget that John 10.10 can help you make every decision in life going forward. You know, sometimes young, and I'm getting ahead of myself, but, you know, my heart is really burdened for young women today. Because if if a young woman is single and she wants to be married, you know, how do you how do you how do you make the decision? How do you find the right guy? Well, John 10:10, you know, and that's what we're going to be looking at tonight. How to make these important decisions of life and not make the wrong decisions, but make the right decisions to live life at a higher level. Well, Jessica, what's our text this evening? Our text for tonight is Ephesians 5, uh, but point number one: walk in the way of love. And To start, Ephesians 5, verses 1 through 7. Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But among you there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be... Did you want to say something? Okay, sorry. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. For those of, for of this you can be sure, nor, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a man as an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partners with them. So point number one, we are to walk in love, and we're supposed to make love attractive, because I think sometimes some people make it seem like, well, what what kind of love is that? But Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, we have to practice love, and for some it comes easy, and for some it doesn't. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And walking in love takes practice every day. Yes, and your first verse there said, be imitators of God. Mm -hmm. And so if we're going to imitate God, then it makes sense that our first point is walking in love. Continue, dear. Yes. Um, So it takes effort every day. So for me, one of the things I especially have to pray for every day is patience. Um, With five little ones, ages, what are they? 11 to (laughs) 2, almost 2. Patience is my thing. And repeating myself, I don't like doing that, but I do it a lot. And so, you know, I, I, that's one of the things I have to really practice every day. And uh, sometimes we just don't want to walk in love. I mean, that's that carnal nature, you know, but that's why we can't walk by our feelings. You know, I've had to discuss this recently with some younger girls that, you know, we just don't let our feelings rule us. And that's why we have to read the Bible every day. And in E.W. Kenyon's book, The New Kind of Love, uh, he wrote, we must meditate on love until our words and actions are filled with love. And I'll say that again because it's great. We must meditate on love until our words and actions are filled with love. So that means what you meditate on is important. You can't meditate on hate, and that's what the world does. They just meditate on hate. Right, and so living this life at a higher level in Christ, if we're uh, making love attractive in our own lives, because we have Christ living in us, then uh, it has to show up through our words, through our actions. But so important, as you're pointing out, 
that it's what we're listening to, it's what we're reading, it's what we're meditating on, mm -hmm. that's going to determine how much of God's love is evidenced through our words and our actions and how much of maybe something else. Right, because even trying to keep up with just current events, it can, it can be so negative. Yes. So now I just kind of read headlines, so I'm kind of informed, and I'm like, okay, that's enough, you know, so. Yeah. But, um, so if we meditate on hate, that's what our actions and our speech will sound like. And even if we've been wronged, we have to give it to the Lord. You know, the Lord says to cast our cares upon him. Yes. And we don't let people run all over us, but, you know, we learn our lesson and move on. But we need to focus on good things, and that's why in Philippians 4.8, it says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, admir admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So we need to meditate on God's word because God is love. And it says that in 1 John 4.16, God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. So living life at this higher level, uh, being more full of him and his word than other things, other voices, uh, helps us. It, it helps us be mindful, you know, being full of the spirit instead of being just full of the flesh. And that's so important, dealing with other people, dealing with husbands, if you're married, dealing with your children, if you have children. Uh, just dealing with people on the job, dealing with people that you come across in everyday life and not getting, you know, angry or frustrated to the point where it shows up on the outside. Yes. Uh, you know, I'm thinking of a verse, uh, we won't go there in the New Testament, where Jesus also admonished us to uh, bless and not curse. Mm -hmm. You know, that uh, don't return evil for good and don't, don't return evil for evil. But if you're, if you're cursed, instead be a blessing because for this we were called and that is to be a blessing. Yeah. And the more he blesses us, the more of a blessing we need to be in our everyday life. And uh, to focus on that and to focus on, you know, stepping up in my life with Christ and stepping up to that next level and not being so uh, worried about, you know, well, does this make me look weak? Uh, does this make me look like a pushover? Does this make me look, you know, however, it doesn't matter. Right. You know, uh, something I've learned over the years, and it's really true, people think what they're going to think, and they do what they're going to do, and they say what they're going to say, and it has nothing to do with you. It has nothing to do with me. And so you just have to be who you are. And the people that love you will love you all the more, and the people that don't, well, they never would have in the beginning uh, or at the end anyway. So you don't worry about what people think or what people say or what people do concerning you because it doesn't have anything to do with you. People have their own issues, yes. and their issues preceded them even knowing you. So, uh, you know, you can just th don't worry about it. Just throw all that off and walk in love. Walk in love and make love attractive. So how else can we make love attractive? Well, that's what, yeah, being mindful of others mm -hmm. and not your, just yourself. Right. Because the world is self-centered. Right. And when we aren't, it is like, it's a big light to other people yes. that we're not just focused on ourselves. Yes. And, you know, it, it is, once you find out how joyful it is giving, mm -hmm. it, it is addicting. It's fun to give to others and to give yeah. at just the right time or, you know, if, even if it's just an encouraging word. Right. And to be, to, to look for ways to 
I think, be an encourager and lift other people up, and especially maybe sometimes the people that we think should be lifting us up, maybe your spouse, if you're married, you think, well, you should come home and encourage me. Can't you see I've been, I've been like held captive by these five children all day, and, <laughs> and uh, I, you should encourage me, but maybe, maybe his day has been really rough, and maybe he just needs a smile and encourage, an encouraging word from his wife and so we have to just decide, I'm gonna get more of whatever I give away. So uh, if I need encouragement, I'm gonna just look for ways just to encourage everybody around me all the time, yes. you know? And so that, I think that's important and that, that really helps us uh, be mindful that our, I'm getting ahead of myself again, but we'll talk about husbands here in a little bit, but uh, you know, a lot of women expect their husbands to be like God to meet their every need, to meet uh, the desires of their heart, to, uh, you know, like, like bind up their, their wounds and, you know, uh, feed them strawberries soaked in honey and <laughs> rub their feet at night. You know, I mean, God bless you if you've got a, if you've got a husband who will rub your feet. My, my would say, well, go get a pedicure, Sue. What in the world? <laughs> you know, no way. Um, so, you know, I think sometimes we're, we don't even know that, you know, we, we think all the time. I mean, I know I do. I think all the time I'm walking in love, but maybe all the time I'm not so much walking in love because maybe sometimes I'm like, you know, walking in a little bit of self-centeredness that I think, well, can't you see that, you know, you should be mindful of me or sensitive to, to what I'm thinking or feeling or needing or wanting? No, no, it doesn't work that way or it doesn't work well that way, you know, because if, if you have two people that just start complaining to each other, well, then you got a real, real big problem. Yes. There's not a lot of love in that, so. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that can, that can kind of hurt. So we want to make love attractive, and we want to walk in the love of God more and more so that we can step up to live life at a higher level. Yes, and um, another way of walking in love is discipline with children, which isn't always fun. Mm -hmm. Like, there are times I think, I just wish I could ignore that. I don't want to address <laughs> it right now. I don't want to have to... Mm -hmm discipline right mm -hmm. now, but that's not what the Bible says. No, and it's not in their best interest, and then it's not in yours either, because then later... It's going to be worse. <laughs> yes, yes. It that, builds. That's honest, but yes, it, it builds. Yes. It does. It can uh, get worse. You know, what, um, when you let little things slide in mm -hmm. any area of life, mm -hmm. and especially with child rearing, mm -hmm. you know, it starts to build. Right. And so, you know, that part of walking in love, even though discipline isn't fun, it's, right. it's part of it, and you right. just gotta keep up on it. Biblical discipline. Right. And so uh, that's, that's just a determination you have to make. Once you start having children, you have little children in the home, you go to the Bible for your advice. I didn't go, you know, my mother, I love my mother. She's 90 now, and I love her. But if you would ask her today if she ever spanked me or spanked my brother or spanked my sister, no, I don't think so. No, I, well, they were so good all the time. I remember, I mean, I remember her chasing us with this huge, I mean, it wasn't like the wooden spoons they have today. It was such a humongous Germanic wooden spoon that, you know, you could, you could spank a, a calf bull with, you know. So, I mean, and she would run around the house and whoever she caught first, boy, whack, 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 whack. Then she'd get, catch the next one. So, I have those memories too. Yeah. 
biblical discipline. And then you end up with wonderful, precious, beautiful attitudes in your children. <laughs> so, uh, but go to the Bible for yes. your advice. Because, you know, we don't want to live life any old way. We want to step up and live life at a higher level, live in the high life with the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes. I think uh, something important to go along here is that if you are dealing with stress or difficulties or spouse things, all of that runs through you to your children. So it will affect them. So something important uh, you and dad always did was to keep our arguing or marital discussions private. Mm -hmm. So phone calls, you know, you just end them saying, I will see you later. <laughs> um, or closing a door when you need to have a discussion. But all of that kind of runs, runs through you, runs down to them. So That's attitude good. is everything. And mm -hmm. kids are just, they pick up on everything. They're little sponges. They are. And, you know, uh, they just seem to react mm -hmm. um, to everything. So if they sense something's going on or if you're discussing things that are, above them, they just um, really can't comprehend yeah. those matters. So I would say keep the adult things for adults. That's so important. And uh, many, many years ago, um, I heard uh, a pastor talk about this when we were still quite young. And he said, you know, never, never burden your children with adult matters. Never burden your, their, their, their little hearts, their little souls are not equipped to handle adult problems and adult situations. And that's why, and there again, I'm going to step out where angels fear to dread, and that's why it's so important to know what they're hearing and what they're watching and to keep them away from social media and unlimited access to the internet. Uh, you, you have to, you know, I grew up, you know, innocently in the sense that, you know, there wasn't access to any of that. I mean, we could only watch what was ever on three channels on the television set, which for half of my upbringing was still black and white, if you can believe this. My dad was the last person, I think, in our neighborhood <laughs> to get a color TV. But, uh, you know, so it was, and then my parents, my parents on Monday nights, I believe Monday nights was the night that Gunsmoke would come on. We were allowed to watch Gunsmoke right up until they thought it was too risque. Like a woman about to have a baby. And you know they never showed anything on Gunsmoke. But they would send us to bed early just because that they thought that was going to be just too much for us. You know, that we shouldn't know anything about where babies come from. You know, um, the Cabbage Patch, of course. So, uh, but, but we're talking about living life at a higher level in Jesus Christ. So, Christina, what else uh, do we need to find out? Uh, let's talk about how love gives. And let's read Ephesians 5, beginning in verse 8. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of the light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. And just to stop right there, I think it is important to take every opportunity to expose them to our children. Um, we live in a small town, but we were recently um, having lunch, and um, people that are gender confused is not common in our area. 
but it does happen every now and then. And so with uh, my oldest daughter, um, she's six, she's turning seven, she starts to notice different things, and I take those opportunities to teach her, according to God's word, that we are not confused and that we know who we are in Christ, and he created us to be who we are, and he did make a mistake. God makes no mistakes. Right. Amen. And so Amen. I just take moments, even those small moments, to teach her that certain relationships are not of God's word. And uh, she um, will read scripture with me, and we take those moments to teach our girls. And so I would, don't, don't leave things up to chance. And kids, right. they know so much more than we think that they do from yes. other children even playing together. So take those opportunities and make sure that we root our children in God's word of what's right and what's wrong. Find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, for it is light that makes everything visible. This is why it is said, wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. In, our, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So how love gives. And I think being on guard is how we give. We... Um, we have to be careful and mindful of technology, but also, I think, importantly, uh, who we're socializing with as women. Um, you know, it's just, it's hard when we're raising families and we're uh, strong in our faith, and yet, like Jessica was saying, how sometimes we lose our patience, and I think sometimes as women, we we kind of get a little lax in some areas. Mm -hmm. So we have to guard our hearts with our fellowship. That's my point, is guard our hearts with our mm -hmm. fellowship. Yeah. Uh, what we're watching yeah. and what we're listening to and you know, what, whether it's a show or whether it's a friend you have that you just spend too much time with gossiping or um, being um, not godly with, um, whether it's, you know, going out with the girls and, um, you know, always think about, you know, who you represent and you represent our Lord Jesus Christ. So how we conduct ourselves and then how we also conduct ourselves in our home. Yes. But to be on guard with our fellowship is very important as women and as wives. And love enriches lives. Um, so with, with that point, I wanted to say that nobody can do your job in your home. You are the most important person in your home. You give to your husbands, we give to our sons and our daughters, we raise them, and we, we give, and sometimes, as Pastor Sue was saying, we are like, well, who's giving to me? You know, who's filling my cup? Because here I am filling up all the juice cups for everybody, <laughs> and everybody forgets about mom, and where's mom going to sit, and who's going to do mom's laundry? Yeah. And, you know, it, life just kind of takes away that patience, yeah. sucks it dry sometimes. <laughs> but I think as we 
renew our minds, we find good fellowship, good encouragement, and we, we, we guard even our own hearts from technology. Right. And right. what we're looking at, what we're watching, what we're listening to, and even comparison. You know, don't compare yourself to another no. mom. Just don't do it. No. And, um, and even comparing children, comparing husbands, comparing uh, your life. Mm. It's your life. Enjoy it. That's so good. That's so good. That's so important. Don't don't go to your child's, uh, you know, open house or parent teacher night or one of those events, you know, where they've been in school so many weeks and they've got like some of their papers on their desk or something. Don't be the parent that like looks at your child's work and then glances over <laughs> at the other child's and then later in the car says to your child, well. Why is Susie that sits next to you doing so much better? Why is her writing so nice and yours is not very nice? Don't compare your children to other children, especially to other children they know. That's so it's, good. It's heartbreaking. And it's then heartbreaking. It, it teaches them yeah. it teaches them the wrong uh, places to put their values. Yes. And so then they grow up from a young age of, mm -hmm. oh, well, I have to be as good as somebody right. else or I have to outperform them. Right. And then, of course, it leads to strings of self-doubt. Right. And every child will shine in their own areas, but not every child will shine in every area. I didn't, and I'm sure you didn't. So, um, you know, we just have to be mindful of this thing of, you know, walking in the love of God, but then and how our love that we show will enrich not only our life, but the lives of those around us, but how we go about that. Um, the chapter in E.W. Kenyon's book that Jessica mentioned, A New Kind of Love, which we gave out, I think, a few years ago on a Valentine's Girl Talk, um, is so good because he gives the example in there of marriage and of how that, you know, a married couple should give and love to one another. The gift should be one out of love. It, you sh it shouldn't give a gift like you're throwing a bone to a mangy old dog, like, well, here, here's your gift. Right. Hope you like it. <laughs> Take it or leave it, you know. And sometimes I think we have to be mindful just maybe it's not what we're doing, but maybe it's how we're doing it or our tone or the of way voice, we're saying or it. the way we're saying something. Right. You know, I mean, some, have you ever had someone help you? Maybe at a checkout counter, or you're trying to buy a dress or a pair of shoes or something, and it's just the way they're helping you. You feel like you're just a real pain uh, <laughs> in, in this person's side, and they probably would wish you just leave without buying anything. And so we don't want to be that way. With our kids, with our, our spouses. Especially. Yeah. Especially. And this thing that you mentioned previous to that, and that is fellowship, our fellowship as women and our friendships. You know, if you have other people living in your home besides you, your first priority after your relationship with the Lord is the to the people living in your home. Mm -hmm. So if you're married, it's to your husband. And, you know, you don't, you know, drop everything to go, um, you know, hang out with uh, a girlfriend when your husband, you know, comes home and he's like, no, where's my wife? Where's my dinner? Where's, you know, or, or your children, too. I mean, uh, so we have to prioritize and, and set the right example because we would, would we want someone doing that to us, you know? Um, 
and, and I think sometimes uh, men have gotten a bad rap, you know, because it's like, you know, the guy comes home, well, tonight's my bowling night with my guys, tomorrow night I'm golfing with my guys, the next day I'm doing this, and, and then there's the little wife, she's neglected, she's all alone. But sometimes I think it's really the opposite, because it's, it's, it's us women that have these big social lives and all these girlfriends and all these things we want to do. Tonight's our petty night to, together, and then we're And it is not saying that it's not good to right. have those times, yes. but... That's not your priority. It's not the priority. Yeah. So yeah, you can you can schedule your fun times with your friends, but it, it shouldn't be to the neglect of your spouse or your children or uh, those very important people in our lives. Right. So. All right. Okay. Well, let's <laughs> let's get to the nitty gritty here, and then the, our third point is live life at a higher level in Christ. That's our that's our topic. That's our title. That's our theme that we're going to live life at a higher level in Christ. So let's go to the remaining verses in Ephesians 5, beginning in verse 21. It says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So we're to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. Oh, what a heavy verse. As to the Lord. So if you're born again and you have a husband, uh, you're to submit to him as to the Lord. So I'm going to pause here for just a minute because that's why you young single gals is so important then, John 10.10, 10, when, you're, when you're dating, you know, is this guy all of, that you're dating, is he all about, you know, stealing, killing, and destroying? You know, I mean, there's no point, you know, uh, oh, finally, some guy's going to date me, some, some guy's taking me out, and then he, you know, we're going to get married, and, you know, just rush to the altar, and then... Figure it out later. And figure it out later. Well, then the later, well, you know, he just drinks so much. Or, well, you know, I, he, he gambles more than I thought he did. Or... Or doesn't consider inappropriate friendships inappropriate. He thinks, uh, he thinks he's, uh, he's uh, every hot mama's dream. And, you know, he's got women texting him. He's got women, you know, uh, buying his lunch. You know, see, that, that's stuff you have to figure out while you're dating. Mm -hmm. You know, I had a, a lady once tell me that her daughter was dating a guy, and, um, you know, I said, oh, well, that's nice. She said, well, you know, he, he just knows how attractive he is. And I wanted to go, <laughs> you know, yeah. he, he knows how attractive he is. And I just, I, you know, I, it just, I blurted it out. It was one of those faux pas for pastors, too. I, I just said, well, she needs to drop him like a hot potato. Because, you know, if, he's think, if he thinks how attractive he is, I mean, I don't know how many of you older women have ever had a date with a guy, and it's obvious he thinks he's better looking than you are. This is a problem. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, this is a if he If he's got that kind of attitude, He's going to have that attitude when he's all wrinkled up and 80 years old. Ew. Well, and this like the selfie generation, like 50 photos of themselves. Yes. Like, yes. It's kind of easy to pick out now, thankfully, but like, <laughs> it's amazing. Yes. So, uh, you know, you, you, have to, you have to examine uh, everything uh, by the word of God. In other words, let the word of God be your, be your rule. Let the word of God be your guide. Let the word of God help direct you in your decisions. And because it says, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. So you better marry a guy that you can submit to as to the Lord. Because let me tell you, 
after was it, 46 years of marriage, it's not always easy to submit to your husband. It's not always easy to submit to him as to the Lord. It's not, because you know what? We're women. We have, we have our own brains, and we have our own feelings, and we have our own thoughts about things. And sometimes, you know, we just think, nah, you're wrong. I'm right. <laughs> so, so you just, you bet, but I'll, you go to the Word of God. You go to the Word of God. Submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands. Oh my gosh, in everything. But you know, use common sense in everything good and godly. Not in, you know, baby, I want to rob a bank tonight while you drive the getaway car. No. <laughs> nothing illegal, nothing immoral, nothing demeaning. You know, so again, common sense rules. Now as the ch church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. So when you're dating, if you're dating a guy and he's selfish, it's all about, you know, what he wants to do, where he wants to go, what he wants to eat, you know, and he doesn't give you a, a, a halfway glance. Wake that's up. Your, that's your whole life. It's your whole life. It doesn't get better. No, it doesn't get better. The, the best, the that best. Is, they show you their best side when they're dating. So if you're sitting there on a date and you think, wow, is this what it's like? Yeah, that's you still in 30, 40 years. Yeah. That's it. Just, yeah. you know, it, it, say, I got to go and find <laughs> some, something else to do because you want to enjoy your life. Absolutely. And the spouse that you're married to. And, and be able to have every blessing that you're entitled in the word of God and that God has for you. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated his own body, but he feeds and cares for it as just as Christ does the church. For we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself and the wife must respect her husband. So ladies, what comes first, love or respect? See, they go hand in hand. You can't have one without the other. You can't say, I love my husband, and you, you, you treat him disrespectfully. You see, if you uh, respect your husband, then uh, he's more inclined for, to uh, be loving toward you. Mm -hmm. if, you're, if you're respectful, even when you disagree with him. Don't be a balloon popper. You know, at the minute, you know, four or five words come out of his mouth, some idea, now you know it's harebrained and you know it's not going to work and you don't want to move to a farm and raise piglets or whatever he's about to say. <laughs> but, you know, you got to let him, let him say what he's going to say and just say, hey, well, I guess, you know, all well, we should think about that. We should explore it, you know. You know, we should, we should pray about that quite a while till we have the peace of God, you know. Really, really, 
uh, once I had the bright idea, I, I drove past a property and they had the cutest little miniature goats, all kinds of goats, little tiny little goats scampering around. I thought, ooh, I got home and I told my husband, I think I'd like some goats. He goes, okay. And then I th started thinking, oh my gosh, who's gonna take care of these goats? <laughs> and then, uh, so I, I, I happened to come across a lady that had goats and I said, well, how much trouble are they? Do you just kind of set them out in the yard and let them eat grass and they thrive and you don't really have to do anything? She goes, oh no, honey, you gotta, you gotta deworm those things. And <laughs> deworm them. And I thought, you know, I'm still, you know, helping with dirty diapers for my grandkids. I'm not deworming some goats. So, uh, no, so, you know, we don't want to be the kind of person, you know, whether it's our husband that has the ideas or we have ideas sometimes, we want to, we want to walk in love and be kind to each other. Yeah, or and, even our children. I've and, had to catch myself sometimes because oh yeah. I'm just so practical. Mm -hmm. I can just cut through. And so, so now I have to train myself to just hold my thoughts right. and be positive. Right. And because I want them to talk to me. Yes. And, and so I have to be careful how I respond because right. if I respond harshly, that's going to make them not want to talk to me again about right. an idea. So I've had to learn that. You right. know? So we're to respect our husbands, but we're also, I think, uh, if we're walking in the love of God and choosing to walk as Jesus did and walk at a higher level in our everyday life, then we've got to show respect one to another. Yes. And everywhere. so, and I had to learn that with my uh, daughter-in-law and my daughter, you know, having their babies. They, you know, that's grandma's house. I want to give them, you want ice cream? I don't care if you didn't eat your lunch Three ice yet. creams. You want Three ice creams. <laughs> yes. you Emily's favorite food is ice cream. Yeah. So, hey. <laughs> my dad was laughing today because Riley, uh, my little one, she loves bomb pops. And that has just been her summer treat. So my mom has the healthy version of those. Um, but she doesn't eat a popsicle fast enough at all before it will melt in the Texas heat. Mm -hmm. So today she lost the bottom half of that bomb pop and it was already sliding off everywhere. She goes, I want another. <laughs> and I was like, no, we're gonna wait until we have dinner before we get ready to go to church. She goes over to my mom, Gemma. I want another bomb It's pop. the way they say it. You know? yeah. It's just the way they say it. And then when I give it to her, she goes, thank you, Gemma. Thank you. And I'm like, my heart is melting. I, I wouldn't give this child anything they asked for. Anything. So. Yes, she does the same thing to my husband when she goes, Mama said no, but you say yes. Like, I'm like, do not say yes. We're supposed to be a team on the same page. But yes. So this uh, respect for one another and respect for God and his word. And let's, let's get back to the, where we started with John 10, 10. The enemy, our enemy, has come for one reason, and that's to steal, kill, and destroy. So let's just make a determination as women of God that we're not going to allow any stealing, any killing, any destroying in our lives, but we're going to step up with Christ to live life and walk through life at a higher level with Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Can you say amen to that? Amen. amen. Well, Lord Jesus, you are so wonderful, and we just give you the praise and the thanksgiving. And as heads are bowed this evening, uh, I just want to say, Father, I just thank you because you have taken me through many rough patches in my life. 
And I thank you for these women. I thank you for these girls that uh, you've got a path set out before them of blessing and not cursing. And as you walk through life with them, they're just going to be more blessed than ever before. And as heads are bowed, if you're here in this service this evening or you're watching, if you would like to commit or recommit your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, I'd like the opportunity to pray with you right now. So as heads are bowed, if you want to pray that prayer, just raise your hand nice and high where I can see it. I thank you, Father God. I see one hand, and maybe there's those that would be watching by television. So let's all do this. Let's pray for the sake of this one and maybe those who are watching together after me. Father, in Jesus' name, I give you my life. In times gone by, I've done my own thing. I've gone my own way. But now I turn, and I choose to walk through life with you. I, I ask that you forgive me of my sins and remove them from my life. I commit myself to read your word, to go to church, to hear your word, to be a doer of your word. And as I am, I thank you, Father, that you will bless my life more abundantly and I'll live life at a higher level in Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, God bless you. And if you prayed that prayer, if you will write to us at faithchristiancenterarlington.com slash salvation and let us know that you've committed your life to Christ. We'd love to send you Pastor's book, God's Very Own Child. And if you're here in the service this evening, if you'll uh, come up to me in the fellowship atrium, uh, maybe between your tacos and your ice cream, and let me know. Uh, I'd love to give you that book, God's Very Own Child. You know, God is such a good God, and he loves us so much with all his heart. And as we were worshiping the Lord tonight and singing to him, I was reminded of a verse in the Bible that calls him the lover of our souls. Let the Lord be the lover of your soul. Don't put all your eggs in the human basket of looking to people, looking to a spouse, looking to children, looking to friends, or looking to other people to meet your needs. Look to the Lord as the lover of your soul. Look to the Lord to meet your needs. And as you do that, then your cup will be full, and you'll, you'll be full to overflowing, because because as Christina said, Jessica indicated, you know, sometimes we, we start, our cup starts running low and getting dry. And we just, we just, you know, think, you know, somebody needs to encourage me. No, that somebody is me. I need to encourage myself in the Lord. I need to get in my prayer closet. They say that Susanna Wesley, who lived in the 19th century and had so many children, more than five, you know, more than a dozen, and that she would just, you know, they wore the long skirts with all the petticoats underneath them, and she would pull her outer skirt up over her head wherever she was standing, whatever she was doing, she just stopped. You know, she just had gotten dry, and she'd just pull it up, and, and all, all her kids, everybody knew, don't, don't talk to mama, don't touch her, don't, she's praying. You know, mama had to pray, and sometimes I think we just need to have that moment, whether you step in the pantry and shut the door, or you pull your apron over your head, or you just just start praying. Uh, what was it? It was one of yours, I think. Emma. You, t tell us that real quick. Well, she had just 
pushed my buttons and tried my patience to where there was no patience to be had. And I thought, and I don't know, everybody does this, not just me, where I had to stop talking to not say something that was the wrong thing to say. And I just started to pray. And she goes, Mama, are you praying? I said, yes, Jesus. Yes, Emma, we're calling on Jesus. Because she, in that moment, she understood that Mama is frustrated and she could feel it, but that she thought, oh, she's praying. And that that was just something that I had to stop. Before I said the wrong thing to her, I had to stop and pray. And and it's that's okay. what we have to do sometimes. Yeah, it's okay for our, sometimes for our children just to see, maybe we just need to just burst out in a song and, and just start praising the Lord. Or we just need, we just need to stop and, and pray or get out the Bible and just read out loud a pas- passage of scripture just to encourage ourselves in the Lord. And you know what? Our children are so wonderful. And if they see us praying, if they see us singing songs of praise, then you know what? When they when they sense, when they see that mom's a little frustrated or tired, whatever, your children will pray for you. They will pray for you. And there is nothing as powerful as the prayer of a child. 